Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one, and we are back. Welcome to September 30th. First of all, if you guys have not been listening to the series of podcasts that Julian and I have been doing specifically about Zillow, Open Door, um, and really the monumental shifts we think they're going to start taking place in a very meaningful way, um, then you really have to go back and listen to those shows. We did four or five shows on there, and those shows are, are sort of getting a life of their own because we not only reported on what was happening, but we gave you guys an action plan and how you can prepare yourself for the inevitable changes in consumer behavior. Um, and we really do think that the uh, concophony of those three, and, and the third is going to be EXP, by the way. So you, in our opinion, just to summarize, and, I, and for those of you who haven't listened yet, I think maybe this will intrigue you enough to go back and listen. We think that it's very likely that you're going to see the three dominant real estate brokerages in the United States also be the three dominant real estate tech companies in the United States, which is absolutely, and not franchise models, nothing like that, but it's EXP Realty. It's going to be Open Door. Open Door will probably merge or buy or somehow um, form an, its own national brokerage. That's inevitable. And then now that Zillow has its own national brokerage, in our opinion, that's going to be the way forward. And so the, you know, Zillow and Open Door, you can work for them as an employee. And with EXP, you can actually be an agent there. So maybe a vast majority of you are going to say, well, what's the way forward where I can work in the, you know, receiving commissions and doing what I love doing? That's going to obviously be EXP. But listen to those podcasts. It's incredibly important. You take this stuff seriously. In some markets, these changes are going to happen um, really, guys, in the next 12 to 24 months. In other markets, it might take a little while longer. In more expensive markets, you might not ever see the effects of what we're talking about, but you're going to have to listen to those shows to understand. And thanks to all the great feedback on the interview I did uh, yesterday. It went two hours, which was our longest podcast ever. Uh, but make sure you listen to that interview with my, uh, Michael Reese if you've not listened to that. Julie, welcome to today's yes, show. Yes, thank you. And I would be remiss if I didn't remind people it is, again, the end of the month, which oh, yeah. spells expired palooza for those participating, which should be all of you. Uh, so why is that? Because a lot of listings expire on the last day and the first day. That's just how agents have historically written them. Uh, so a word to the wise listing agents. Maybe you don't want to do that, but the right. rest of the world is. So it's great expired hunting and very timely because it tomorrow will be the first day of fourth quarter right and it's time to make hay while the sun shines and ride that momentum and going after some expireds helping people that for whatever reason weren't able to sell that's a really good way to keep your momentum into fourth quarter. Julie just said something. I hope listing agents, which should be all of you, or at least on your way to being a listing agent, I hope you were paying attention. Have your listings expire. And Julie and I, when we sold real estate, <gasps> what? Tim and Julie sold real estate? Of course <laughs> we did. And why would you guys listen to anybody who purports themselves to be a real estate coach or trainer or anybody that hasn't sold real estate at a high level for a long period of time like we did? So when we sold real estate, what we did is we had all of our listings expire on holidays. <laughs> Right? Yes. Exactly. And it doesn't have to exactly be 90 days or 180 days. You can plus or minus a week here or there. But why on the holidays? Because 
um, if you had your listings expire on holidays, A, um, frankly, you won't have the primary reason is if you have anybody in your marketplace who would normally solicit that expired listing, they won't because they're going to be, you know, having pumpkin pie or, yep. you know, not working, going trick or treating or whatnot. So yes, not working is the bottom line. And so have your listings expire on days of the month and days and times of the year when there's a least likely, um, for agents to be, you know, the prospectors, which in most markets is hardly any prospectors. It's not like there's a big flood of them. And most of you guys have become so, you know, believing the going to the false, the, the altar of the social networking and the buying leads, you actually believe that's going to get you into the end zone long term. Um, and you've never learned how to actually proactively lead generate. But if you are in a marketplace where you're competing and you are proactively lead generating yourself, then yes, please take us up on that suggestion. So Julie, today we're picking up where we started actually the beginning of last week before we started talking about this uh, tsunami. Before the Zillow of, news hit. Right, exactly. Yeah. The Zillow news hit. So what's the topic of today's okay, show? So we are talking about seven types of fear. We already presented one of those last week. These are the rule follower and the self-doubter. So this is number two and three, and we're going to just jump right in. The rule follower, this fear occurs when someone is so dedicated, almost addicted to following specific rules or guidelines set by those around them. They're paralyzed by fear of breaking a rule, even if it's only a practice and not actually a law. They're easily intimidated by people more experienced and authoritative. Now, we see this with um, agents and brokers who are afraid to do something innovative or to kind of step out of the box, whether that's proactive lead generation or whether that's maybe even negotiating practices, right? Because, oh, that's not done in my market. Culturally, that's that's not going to be acceptable. And it really touches this whole rule follower can touch every aspect of real estate. So the net effect of this fear is that you are subject to someone else's rules all the time versus defining your own guiding principles. What's the cure to this? And maybe this isn't talking about you. Maybe it's your spouse or somebody that's, you know, in your brokerage. What's the cure? Number one, educate yourself on all the things necessary to succeed. Operate ethically and remember that knowledge equals confidence. Ignorance equals fear. Take responsibility for your own knowledge. You're not going to defeat the rule followers natural tendency. So this is how you deal with it. Actually know what, you know, how do you operate ethically? Make sure that you do that. One of the things we do with coaching clients on this is make sure they write super clean contracts. That way they can just say, well, we're going to do what the contract says. Right. They can follow the rules, but within parameters. Point number two on the cure, be sure that your coaching is coming from experienced and proven sources. Then trust them and don't waste time checking and double checking and taking surveys on Facebook. <laughs> Make sure your coaching is coming from experienced and proven sources. If you're going to be a rule follower, it's smart to follow rules that are proven. Well, I mean, so this goes back to the real problem that these guys don't know how to know who to trust when they're seeking business advice, frankly. No, that's why and, we have Comparacoach for one right. thing. So you guys can go to Comparacoach.com and you can take, there's basically what it is. It's a list of questions that we created that when you're interviewing somebody for the job of being your coach, you ask them these questions and don't deviate and you'll get at the heart of what you'll, you know, what whether they're qualified to give you advice or not. Um, we talk about this on our Sunday podcast primarily, but the ma the mistake that many of you guys have made in the last 10 years is you've attached yourself to ideas that sounded good, that were sold at a high level, that you believed would someday get you into the financial end zone, and you've not yet accepted the fact that they were probably not tested, they were probably mostly gimmicks, even though they were elegant sounding gimmicks, and you have, you're unwilling to accept the fact that you did choose the wrong direction and you need to course correct. 
So be honest with yourself. If you're not making a net profit off of everything you're doing as far as lead generation, you need to stop doing it. And if it's a net profit that might someday happen in the future, you need to stop doing it. You need to not spend your days trying to be creative in your business. That's not what real business people do. Real business people, especially at the level that most of you are, and most of you will always be, are you have to spend your time ultimately doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. And if you're not doing that every single day consistently, and you're instead trying, you know, spending your time uh, trying to be creative or trying to do things that maybe someday will produce some undefined result, you're not going to you're not going to survive. And, and we're working on validating this, but we have a working theory that the number of agents, so the number of agents that have gotten into the business since 2007 have increased. It's increasing even now. But the number of agents that are failing is also increasing. And we actually believe that the traditional time that agents are in the business has been, um, before they fail, has been 24 months or less. But we now are beginning to pick up little data points that's showing that the average agent's failing in about a year. So here we are in this era where you have all this passive, you know, lead generation stuff and everyone's been told they need to be influencer everyone told they need to be videoing and then told to do all this other stuff and what's the net result more agents failing faster so isn't that the actual bottom line proof that you guys all need to know that what most of the you know agents are doing is not going to work and so what do you do you obviously have to learn skills you obviously have to learn how to be a proactive lead generator and you have to you already know this it's intuitive in all of us you have to live by the creed that you have to, if you want ever increasing levels of success in your life, you have to do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. And stop believing words like delegation and things like that should be your goal. Stop believing that your time is worth more than learning the skills on how to pick up the phone. Stop believing all that stuff because those are, again, what we call elegant lies. Next point, Julie? Yes, you got it. So I like the quote from Ralph Waldo Emerson, don't be too timid and squeamish about your actions. All life is an experiment. So I always like throwing in uh, support quotes from my favorite authors. The next one is the next type of fear is the self-doubter. Fear of not being good enough. This person is insecure about their abilities and overreacts to mistakes. Sometimes this is camouflaged by their overreactive judginess of others, which masks their own fears. This person usually is very accountable and careful, but sometimes to a fault. They are the secret agents of the world, afraid to talk about real estate because they might make a mistake or not know what to say. Fear of success is just as strong as fear of failure with the self-doubter. So here's the interesting thing. What the self-doubter tells themselves is they're going to start being more ambitious, being more you know, gregarious and demonstrative, and they're going to start you know, putting themselves in centers of conversation about real estate once they fill in the blank. Yes. Once they learn this. Once, once they, they learn tweak, that. they polish, they rehearse, they role play. Because, you know, they're afraid that they're going to make a mistake, which means they believe that more rehearsing and more drilling is going to be the cure. When, in fact, I, I have an example of this. I'm not going to say his name because <laughs> he's a coaching client. But this is somebody that has been very adamant about role playing. OK, and then and it makes lots of contacts. So I said, well, something is wrong with this. Chris. Right. I didn't, the last I, name. I didn't say his last okay. name, but, but his first name is Chris. And if you're listening, Julie did told me about the <laughs> role play where you sent her, you know, where you sent her the audio recordings of your role play and how you would basically, despite the fact that you are a private coaching client of Julie's, Chris, and I'm not going to say your last name in Chicago, but I'm not going to say your last name, despite despite all that, that you still were basically using a mishmash script that sounded like a nightmare. And, and here's the other part. It was that plus 
even though he'd been really great at role-playing, the person he had role-played with had instilled some bad linguistic habits that were not working. Somebody else who was Somebody also else. a hack. Yes. Okay. So we have to cure this. Now, what happened with Chris? So let's, let's give him some kudos. He then started using our script and the next time he prospected, of course, set an appointment. Right. You no, know, not saying I told you so or anything, but you know. Well, you no. Are. What's wrong with okay. saying, look, Julie? Honestly, at yeah, this point in our careers, I know. I'm just joking. At but, this point in our careers, yeah. I don't want to placate egos. Yeah, honestly. but here's the thing. So, you know, on the surface, it looked like he was doing the right thing, right? Making tons of contacts, role playing all the time, trying to polish it. He and was get playing better, at work, but he was he was not doing the real work. At he was doing what he didn't want to do when he didn't want to do it, but he was not doing it at the highest level That's right. because he wasn't using scripts that were proven and were working. And the person he was role-playing with was actually, I think, uh, doing more damage than good. And so. the thing is, is he certainly knew that the scripts that we have created, tested, yeah. and polished over the last two decades and been proven in all market conditions, up, down, sideways, in all price ranges, it doesn't matter. Yep. He certainly knew those existed. Yes. He had read them. He'd heard them. He'd yeah. seen them. Wasn't using, he, he was wasn't, using pieces of them, but he wasn't doing it. So right why way. would he yeah. have chosen not to actually follow a proven path? Why would he have chosen to basically hack together some, you know. Thought he could do it better, maybe being a little lazy, maybe believed in his role play partner, knew what they were doing. You know, a combination of all of these but, things. And, just, and I think that he's got a, an element of this self-doubting thing going on. Exactly. Yeah. Because ultimately, by him not using a script that he knew would get him the result, he always had an excuse to basically Hiding go out. back and tweak his stupid script again. Right. So by saying, oh, it didn't work this time. Oh, I made 50 contacts. And I didn't send any appointments. I need to go back and I need to just basically stir the brew a little bit and see if I can tweak my script. And ultimately, that's going to be his perpetual excuse. I just need to work on my systems. Yep. It's like I need to work on my brand, need to work on my logo. I mean, it's all that well, stuff. Yeah, that, it's like people that, that take the pre-listing package and then they want to jimmy with it and modify it and go research things and, and change it. Do it their own way. Do it their own way or, you know. Have you ever thought about how insane crazy. that is, honestly? Yeah. I mean, someone signs up for our coaching program. They get our pre-listing pack. Again, completely market tested and Absolutely. proven. And then somehow... In their previous job, maybe they were a you know a flight attendant, or they yeah. were a school teacher, or I mean, the gen generally speaking, they're not coming from you know a high paid job at Goldman Sachs. Generally is what I'm not. So the, I mean, you and I are the yeah. same way, right? I mean, sure. most people get into real estate. It's they're getting into real estate because they don't have very good alternatives, or at least the alternatives aren't hyp hypothetically going to give them the freedom and the ability to earn money. Okay, yeah. I'm not like no, you guys. Not at all. We're all the same. We're we're That's you. Right. Okay. But then you get into real estate with no real sales experience. Hold on, I, I sold you know cell phones back in the 90s. No, that does not count. No real sales experience. Or you, marketing experience. Or marketing experience. You somehow think, and you're paying us, right? <laughs> that our stuff is, not, is going to be inferior to what you guys can somehow weave together from going to a bunch of Facebook groups. And then you wonder why you struggle. You wonder, yeah. you don't follow exactly. And then what, you say it doesn't work. Oh, well, that, it doesn't work because what you're doing isn't what was prescribed. It's not what Tim and Julie said. It's what you did with what we said that didn't work ultimately. Yeah. And then, and then here's the other thing I hear them say. Mm -hmm. I didn't mean for this to be a, okay. a coaching client bitch <laughs> session, but I mean, here, here's the other thing they say yeah. is, is, is they'll say, well, I just don't, it's just not me. Right. I mean, the script just isn't me. I'm not a scripts person. Okay, bye-bye. Right. I mean, seriously, if yeah, you're not a absolutely. scripts person, you're not somebody that wants that's taking your well, business somebody seriously. somebody that, that says that doesn't understand the point of a script, doesn't understand what goes on in the script, doesn't understand the magic of a script. Right. So and we, you, can't, you can't mess with it. You can't personalize it until you understand it, until you've internalized it. So somebody that says that 
has absolutely but no business criticizing Say what you it. said again. A conversation outline. That's what a script is. A that's script it. is a conversation outline. After you have memorized the script, and that's the point where none of you ever get to. It, then, you know, you've internalized it. it then you... Look, memorize, internalize. Let's not play well, with words what, too much. what that really means is understand it. Right. That's the bottom line. Until you've actually taken the time to understand the script, then you can personalize it. Okay? What you guys do instead is you personalize it before you've actually understood why the questions were written in the order in which they are written. We want you to personalize the script. The, na- the manner or the parlance in which people speak, say, for example, in the South, is different than in New York City, but the script works in both, in both markets. So you're not don't change up the order of the questions. Don't change up any of that stuff. But yes, add some local, you know, and some personality to it. That's how you make scripts your own. And then over time, you don't even know who you, like, I don't know why I'm saying what I'm saying. It just basically comes out of my head without me thinking. That's when you've truly internalized it. But if you skip to personalizing it and then your script doesn't work, then you're, you're going to say, well, scripts don't work. Or you're going to say that script didn't work. It's because you changed it. Our scripts are basically like putting together a piece of, well, I shouldn't say Ikea furniture because that's way too hard, <laughs> but it's like basically- None of them are that complicated, no, I promise exactly. You. And there's no funny words and we're not going to ask you to have meatballs. But the script is like following directions to make anything. And once you've got the directions down, if you decide you want to start adding extra ingredients or that's taking some out- That's a recipe. That's a good analogy. Yeah. Okay, next point. Yeah, all right. So the cure for the self-doubter is number one, accept the fact that you will make mistakes, that sometimes you won't do as well as you wished, but you're going to learn from your mistakes. Expecting to be perfect all the time is actually an expression of ego. Point number two. Well, hold on. Because I have to go to premiere. I know. Well, you got a little bit of breathing room. But so expression of ego in what way? Explain. Well, expecting that you actually could achieve perfection. I mean... But isn't that it's a isn't that also procrastination? Well, it is elaborate procrastination because it all you know you can get away with this in life. It makes sense. Everybody does it, right? Yeah. I'm gonna keep on practicing. I, I don't feel comfortable on the phone till I practice more. But doesn't this go back you also know? to the reason that Chris in Chicago is screwing around with the script so he'd always have an excuse to waste probably. more time? Probably. Yeah. Probably. And yeah. so the perfectionist isn't the perfectionist. Couldn't that also be? Is that just a classic? Higher level procrastinator. I, I mean, I'm subject to that. I, I have lots of things where I'm like, well, until I can do that my way or the right way, I'm not going to do it at all. I would never and, guess that looking at your desk. It's an absolute pigsty. Yeah, but it's true. Yeah, well, but you know, and I and I fight with that. But you have to recognize it and you, then so, do something about it. So looking at your desk, sweetheart, you don't fight that hard. Well, you know, there are organized piles. <laughs> okay, so point number two, and then I'm off to premiere. Yeah. Uh, defeat fear by uh, not defeat fear of not being good enough by taking steps to that make you uncomfortable on purpose and realizing that you're more capable than you think. If you don't take those risks and have those wins, I always talk about like for sale by owners and expireds. If you don't take that uh, risk of being uncomfortable, you're never going to have the victory of winning that. And so you'll never really know how much you can accomplish because you didn't take the risk in the first place. What you'll discover so. after you do what you know Julie and I ask you to do in our coaching program is everything we ask you to do is about a billion times easier than whatever the hell you're doing now. Absolutely. And takes a lot less time because once we don't we're not asking you to do that much. We just want you to do what you don't want to do when you're We're probably do. asking you to do less. Less for sure. Yeah. Just we're not more, gonna give you a long a list and a, list and a thirty-one eleven follow-up campaign and a no, you know, do YouTube no, no, no. videos and all that stuff. No, just do the real work in real estate. And if you want to do the fluff in real estate, you can. Yes. So remember, you are the sum of all of your experiences. So make sure you're having experiences 
and not hiding out from life. And I'm going to close with a quote from one of my other favorite authors, and this is great because it's on the eve of October, Halloween month, Ooh. from Neil Gaiman. If you guys have oh, never yeah. listened to the Graveyard Book, this, awesome. this is a great time to do it, especially if you have kind of medium-sized kids. Um, but even if you don't, it's a great book. So the Graveyard Book by Neil Gaiman, G-A-I-M-A-N. He said, quote, if you dare nothing, then when the day is over, nothing is all that you have gained. So back That's to you. That's good. Yeah. You know what? I cannot end any better than that. All right. So those of you who are in the Premier Coaching Program, make sure you attend Julie's. Uh, today she's teaching the class herself. She's drawing the mastermind herself. Thank you, my dear. Have yeah. a wonderful mastermind yeah. session. Yeah. So make sure you're attending that live. Um, and listen, guys. Do stay attached. Do stay close. I know we're in fourth quarter. I know some of you mentally and emotionally start checking out. Please do not let that happen this year. More than any other year in the past, this is the most critical. You know, twenty to you know, twenty twenty to twenty twenty one. Politics, social unrest, pandemic, alien visitation, whatever. There's so many things that are going on that it's going to be critically important that you stay attached to people, not just Julie and I, hopefully you have other people in your life as well, that are going to pull you forward even when you are not really wanting to be pulled forward. If you detach this time of year from the things that motivate you, the things that force you to get into action, you're probably not going to have the ability to rebuild the momentum in the spring because of all the uncertainty that we're that we're going to see enter into the economy. Look, guys, I and Julie and, and a lot of other people we talk to, and we're not just looking for confirmation bias here. We talk to a lot of people other than real estate people. Real estate, in our opinion, is the, is you, know, you guys are in the right market, in the right time. And things moving forward in real estate, at least for the foreseeable future, should stay strong for at least the next five years. We're hoping builders get start building and we see all these green lights and we're excited about it. But that does not mean that there aren't going to be market forces that are going to knock marginal agents out of the business. And we talked again about these Zillow open door, you know, all these, these things that are going to be starting to happen, which have been sort of bubbling along the surface, right? No one's really taken it that seriously. These iBuyer things have been conversation topics. But the difference now is, is that these companies and EXP Realty being one of them, they're now going to have access to money, which is going to put them in a position to start buying market share. Open Door and Zillow are going to do it through iBuyers. And I'm going to just end with this one point. And I get, because a lot of you guys are going to filter what I'm saying, because you're going to say, dude, not everybody wants to wholesale their house. And I agree. But if you're looking in, for example, I think Phoenix, for example, and you're looking for a house for sale on Zillow, and Zillow basically, when you do, more people will, they Zillow has gotten to be such a powerful brand in real estate the word Zillow has become interchangeable with real estate when it comes to search terms. That's how powerful Zillow has become. That ain't going to change. That kind of lead is like the lead that eXp Realty has and the, you know, the online, what eXp is doing as far as real estate brokerages. That kind of lead is the lead that Tesla has over all these companies that are rushing to get into the electric car game. You don't lose that kind of lead when you have it, unless you basically check out for a long period of time. But what you're going to see is, you know, markets across the country. Zillow is going to be incredibly aggressive. Open door as well. Running these ads, offering to have people sell their houses through an instant offer. People are going to go to the portals. They're going to ask for information about the instant offer. And a vast majority of them are going to say no because they, frankly, don't want to leave any money on the table. And I, that's definitely going to happen. But that is not where the story ends. That's where real estate agents think the story ends. But it just gets started there. Where these guys are going to make their money are the leads that are generated from the instant offers that people decline taking. Those are going to become seller leads. Do you, I know Zillow has been selling some of those seller leads back to you guys. 
but they're not going to. They're going to open it. This is a, we're getting into the predictive part of this conversation. So understand that they haven't said this, but it's pretty safe to say this is what they're going to do. They're opening up nationwide brokerages. Once they open up nationwide brokerages, do you think that they're going to continue to sell the Zillow seller leads to agents that are not Zillow agents? You really believe that? Why would they? They won't. And they're not going to be opening up Zillow markets. I assume they're not going to open up brokerages in markets where they're not buying houses. So you're looking at a juggernaut. And that juggernaut also is going to be emulated by Open Door. In a lot of ways, I believe that uh, EXP has the same competitive advantage and can do similar things. Pay attention to this. Because when you are in Phoenix, Arizona or wherever and you're searching on Zillow and you've maybe, you know, you're curious about what your house is worth, click a button, fill out a simple form, you decline the offer, it wasn't interesting, then you're in their ecosystem. As a seller, as a prospective seller, you're in their ecosystem. Do you guys get how this is going to evolve into? This is what's going to happen. It's going to happen faster than you think because these companies have massive amounts of money, billions and billions of dollars, and investors love this space, which means that they're going to have billions and billions of dollars to buy market share. This is the future that you're going to find yourself in. It is You have to be urgent about what I'm saying because if you're in you know Charlotte, North Carolina, or if you're in Columbus, Ohio, if you're in these markets where the average sale price is within the buying range where these iBuyers want to hunt, you're going to see them in your marketplace. And by simply telling your sellers, why would you want to sell your house? You're leaving money on the table. I buyers stink, blah, blah, blah. By saying that, it ain't going to work because they'll already be caught in the system and they're already going to be talking with prospective Zillow home agents. You guys get it? So just by bad mouthing your competition, it ain't going to work. Sellers are going to still be curious. And then if you think that those companies aren't going to be in a competitive position to start Zillow and Open Door primarily, since they're going to have salaried employee real estate agents, you don't think they're going to have a competitive advantage when it comes to uh, hypothetically reducing commissions and whatnot? They will. You guys get the urgency here? Look, we do not think there's going to be a decrease in the number of agents. We do not think there's going to be a decrease, even with the market changing, in the number of real estate transactions. The exact opposite. We think there are going to be more real estate agents, more transactions, more opportunity. But those opportunities, like in every changing market, are going to flow to different types of agents. Different agents that have different tools, different agents that have different skill sets. And if you're one of these agents that's stuck thinking that what you've been doing for the past 10 years is going to work for the next 10 years, you need to gut check yourself on that. I think it was Elon Musk that said one of the most powerful things that he does is he, on a regular basis, assumes that all of his assumptions are wrong so that basically it forces them to have fresh thought on things and he checks himself versus waiting around to see if he was wrong. You guys get it? How many of us have, of all of us, have the guts to do that? Well, look, if you don't, that's okay. Julie and I do for you. <laughs> Just please seriously consider what we're saying. So look, you don't have to, when it comes to what, your, what happens in your market in the future, it's going to be mostly good. All, again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this again and again and again. We're incredibly optimistic, um, but we're not, you know, we don't have rose-colored glasses on. We're optimistic for factual, numerical, uh, demographic reasons. We're optimistic because we think there's going to be certain things that are going to happen that are unlike what happened in the past, unlike what happened in our lifetimes. They're going to cause, it's going to cause real estate to continue to be, if not the best asset class, but one of the best asset classes. Whoever wins the election, they're all basically committed to continuing to enforce housing. Housing continues to be the number one wealth generator for everybody, right? So when you buy a house, pretty much guaranteed that your net worth over time is going to be greater had you not bought a house. That story is always going to be true. 
And everyone's always going to want to use a realtor because when you're dealing with a transaction that's going to give you stress, be it a real estate transaction or just anything, you're going to always be willing and always want to seek the advice of somebody who's, you know, you have the impression has the experience and the skill set to solve the problem for you. That's the reason they'll always, no matter how much fancy technology comes out, there'll never be a time when real estate agents won't be part of the equation. It just, it goes against human nature. If that were true, that uh, tech companies could disintermediate agents, they would have already. They won't. <laughs> I mean, if Zillow could disintermediate agents, don't you think they'd be opening up brokerages and not hiring real estate agents? You guys get this? And of course, they will love to have gotten real estate agents out of the mix so that they could keep the commissions and improve their margins. Of course, they would have loved to have done that. Many, 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 many companies have tried. But what you're now seeing is a sea change in the nature of this real estate tech you know, merger, this evolution that's taking place. And good, good news for you, you are in the middle of the transaction. That is not going to happen. It's just a function of whether or not the sellers primarily are going to choose to do business with you. That's where the rubber is going to meet the road with the future you're going to choose to have for yourself. Please listen to our past podcasts, uh, especially the ones we did on Zillow. Please go back and really gut check yourself and assume all your assumptions are wrong because that's going to put you in a more powerful position rolling into 2021. Don't unplug, listeners. Don't unplug. Psychologically, convince yourself that your new year has already started. I am always interested in talking with any of you about joining our EXP Realty team. If this is something that you're interested in doing but you're not quite ready, I made it easy for you. Just text the word EXP to 31996 and we'll text you back a quick seven or nine minute video. Text the word EXP to 31996. If you're ready to move forward and you're just looking for the you know final dots and crossings of the T's and you've decided or at least you're like say 75-80% certain that you want to join EXP, it's time for us to have a direct conversation. Text me directly at 512-758-0206. 512-758-0206. In the meantime, you guys have a fantastic day and we'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris.